New topic. It's a great way. Talk about self-care. You hate that word. I hate that word. <laughs> Do you want to make up another word? <laughs> well, we, we throw it a lot, around a lot yeah. in our cultural dialogue. This is true. Uh, it is a terrible... Yeah. As a man... <laughs> like, we were talking about this earlier. Just, yeah. I'm a man. I, I can handle it. Yeah. I'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't need self-care. Yeah. Um, but you do. So... For me, it was helpful to refra- reframe the, that whole idea of if you're a cup, you, you have a limit to what is in your cup. And mm. the more that you are able to put into the cup, the better and more effective I'll be to pour out for my son who needs it, for my wife, and for the rest of my family. So if you think about it that way, that really helped me process through decision-making practically and spiritually of if this isn't a net gain for me, because what, what we're going through is taking everything and more of what what I have. Was there something or somebody to help show you that? Like, to could be like, okay, like, it's go time. It, I, no. Jason uh, was huge. Maybe not for you. That was probably more me. For me, it was, I was hitting a wall hmm. um, much quicker, quicker yeah. than I was used to. Yeah. And it was a survival thing for me of sure. I'm not going to make it if I if I keep participating in things that are taking something from me that I don't have anything that I don't have to give because I, I didn't have enough for my son and my family but for sure I I couldn't participate in anything that was taking something from me outside of that talk about that a little bit well I think even other people that like our self-care probably was different because for you the biggest thing was I mean even outside of our whole lives at home like you really narrowed down on like, hey, these things are helpful for me. And they were good escapes, good places to be with other people, other friends and other stuff. But then there were places along the way that you were just like, I can't do that. Right. So. And that was different kind of than my journey. What's what's disorienting is when Abram was diagnosed, I'm 36 years old. I've been a Christian for most of all my adult life. And I had these rhythms and routines of what was helpful for me. And then I get into the situation with we're caring for our son, and all of a sudden these these rhythms I have in place that I've known aren't working, and even hurting in some ways, which really threw me. And, and I didn't know what to do with that. But as, as a survival technique, I just started cutting stuff out, and it it really helped. And then targeting things like oh that was actually really really good uh, for me to go out and sweat for a couple hours playing pickleball where my brain is just devoid of anything hospital or care. That was really helpful. What are the things like for you personally, obviously, right? You're not advocating for the the whole world, but like, what were the things that when all that happened, you started walking through all this and you're like, this kind of scaffolding while was good before and helpful and necessary is no longer beneficial for the journey we're about to go on. Like what, what are the things that started to kind of naturally go? And, and I know those things are filled with faces and people and get in all that, but like, what are the things that you started to kind of naturally just instinctually dispensing with? Like, we, we can't do this anymore. I can't well, do this anymore. And hang on. Yeah. That's a, that's a great question. And we do need to like, but like there was also, you were seeing two, I think I thought, I thought you were seeing two separate counselors at the time that kind of help you. One of them was a counselor and a pastor Jason Hallman, and then there was, I thought you were seeing Greg too, or somebody else. 
Yeah. It was yeah. like, hey, let's 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 rec- let's try to recognize what these things are, and then it was Greg too that helped in that. Yeah, because so Greg walked alongside us before Abram was ever sick, and he was awesome. Like yeah. we had done a lot of marriage counseling with him over the years, and everyone I think marriage counseling is the best thing ever, and we had started our first year of marriage because we were like, yeah. hey, we need this. And I think we have a strong marriage, but we needed some counseling. So he had kind of been walking with us before. And then Jason was awesome because we were both involved at recovery at our church. And Jason and Mari at the time, like both really came in and especially Jason, I mean, like entering in. So we kind of had people speaking in. Yeah. So talk about like how you, his question is awesome. Who helped you? How did you discover those? And what were those things? And what did you do with them? Yeah. So once we're diagnosed, you know, everything's falling apart and we get we get connected to Jason because he's our we go to the village church and it's a huge church. But he was our point man, our, uh, you know, our pastoral care. We had Um, done life with him and he. Yeah, we were in recovery, he really and he pastored led, us through. He led the recovery ministry, yeah. so we were. That was a natural connection. Yeah, and Jason's ex- extremely gifted in this space. Fortunately for us, but he he quickly yeah. was pushing on us. Even five days in diagnosis of first time he came into the hospital. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you're telling me to do things. <laughs> like, okay. yeah, yeah, he was getting after you to. Just go on a walk. Get outside. We should finish yours first. <laughs> I like that. I like that. But There's a lot of stuff with me. <laughs> I, I, I will say, though, just those terrible spaces of going to hospitals on bad news, like that's something Jason has done a bunch of. Yeah. So he there's an awareness that he had of buckle up. You're about to. This is a marathon. This is this is not. It's not a sprint. That's right. what, I remember him saying that exact right. thing. Because as, as the parent, you're, you're like. Whatever it takes, you're all in, and and just him walking through some of that previously, he knew we're not built to sustain that, and and we're not. Um, I oh, testify we, to that. Yeah. Despite our best efforts, we're we can't sustain that to the level we'll, we'll crash and we'll burn. And we and, did. And we would, and we did, and because the crash and the burn is what is can be harmful in a family or in even in the care of Abram. Because yeah. what, what what you don't want is to take anything away from him or the rest of your family. Everyone's in trauma, yeah. So when you do that, it's it's detrimental, so tra- again, detrimental to everyone. Circling back to the idea of self-care, what you're fighting for is to not crash out and, and burn up and and have those harmful overflows to your family hit you like that. And that was something he was wise to, and it was that was helpful to hear. Very helpful. Okay, and so you're talking to him or talking to Greg, too, and like, yeah, both. You're discovering those things. What? How did you you discover those in those meetings with them? What were they? What did you? Because they changed. Like you'd already alluded to, they changed for you. They like did. you were doing things that were super helpful for you, and like, and then all of a sudden they're not helpful, and your world flipped upside down, and you're like, so what were they? What did that look like? Because they changed quicker for you than for me. Yeah, I was getting exhausted very quickly trying to like bring someone up to speed so if i had to regurgitate anything of what was going on very quickly i was like i'm if if that's what i have to do to maintain this relationship i'm i can't do that yeah so i needed safe places of people that i trusted to be with i needed somewhere to be but 
it had to be safe and not. So what did that what did that look like practically then? What did you have to do? Well, so like, this is COVID. All that? You're talking about people at this point. Yeah. And, so and who to hang, be around a lot and who to not be around. So we're forward. We're we're starting out in regiments of you know weeks on and off to hospital stay. But this is also during the height of the pandemic. So interacting with people was not, there wasn't a normative thing for anything. So we're- To some degree, I think that was still a gift. Like of all the things, like I, all of that was so freaking hard, but I will say it was so nice being able to tell my son, not that we're not hanging out with people because his immune's compromised, like his whole system, but it's- It's COVID. It's COVID. And like, I do think there was a, I would never choose it. I would still have chosen, like there's so much that I think- we missed out on because of that. Like the cost was way greater than anything we gained, but I, I did appreciate that aspect where it was exhausting to be around a lot of people. It was exhausting to do stuff. And it's a really easy way to not put it on. At least for me, that was probably more me than you though. I kind of hijacked that. You you did, but it's okay. Um, (laughs) Because for me, it was, I needed to be around people, but they had to be safe Mm -hmm. and trustworthy. And, you know, one of the things I would get a lot was like, hey, if you ever need to talk, I hated hearing that. I don't I don't want to talk more about how my son has cancer. I don't. I want to go somewhere and escape and breathe. Uh, because between Ashley and I, all we're doing is talking about how we're dealing with Abram, what, what's going on with him, what's the next step. Yeah, so like, and you're spot on. But I remember specifically, like, you, I thought it was with Greg. And you're sitting with him and he's like... I need you to specifically name like, and I don't, what is it in the, in the spots that like, you don't feel like, oh, well, I don't want to talk anymore or I don't want to do this. It was like, this is what fills or takes, takes my cup to empty. So then I can go put more in it. Yeah. No, it you're, was Greg. you're right. So I, I, with, with the counselor, uh, Greg, and, uh, cause I was telling him I was the same thing. I was, I felt disoriented of these things used to be really good and helpful. Yeah. And this is not. And so then he just asked me plainly, like, well, name the three things that that fill your cup. And I just named three things. He's like, do all three of those. Well, yeah. it was definitely what, pickleball. What I don't pickleball. remember if it was pickleball. It had to be. So one thing Joey did was he cleared out his back porch. He said, hey, every mm-hmm. Thursday, I don't need you to tell me if I'm you're coming or not coming, but it's just going to be there. And if you need to come somewhere to be, we're going to watch football or Charles Barkley on TNT, you know, something – and Joey created space where if I wanted to talk about things, but pretty quickly I realized, like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, it's just not helpful for me to yeah. relive more of this nightmare. What's all we did. And so to have moments where you could feel normal was something that was huge Yeah, for both of us. You could yeah. escape. Differently. Yeah. And in escape healthy, in, the, in the best possible way. To, in a yeah, healthy way. It's not I, necessially a bad thing. Yeah, I think yeah. we use that word now like a... Especially in For Christian sure. culture, I do think it can often be like, oh, that's a bad thing. And it, it can be. Yeah, you're but, running away from yes. something you need to be dealing with. But in but this particular an aspect, instance, it was like. Like, you uh, needed that. Like, call I needed call that. Call you want to call that. it. Yeah. Taking a break. Yeah. Whatever kind of thing. But you needed to just not have to be something for a you little bit. You feel human yeah. for a minute. We needed to do date nights, which we that were. Was, we were. That was one of the things I was thinking of, yeah. We were privileged in that because we had so much great uh, grandparent help. When they would come up, we'd say, hey, can you hang out for another day or whatever? Yep. And we can go on a date night. And we did it almost every week. And it was... Amazing. Cause it was the best thing. Even when he was... I mean, that's the crazy thing. Even when he was on hospice, I remember nurses being floored that, like, like we're at the hospital and 
we literally would have, because at this point we could have more people up, even though most people couldn't. And so we'd have like a grandma staying and we'd go somewhere literally close to the hospital and just get away. And that was actually one of the things I think Jason advised at that point. Like, but I, I needed a moment to just be with my husband and it was just grounding and like to not, I just removed from all the. And, and get outside of yeah. the hospital walls. As hard as that was with Abram. It was very hard to do. Leaving him behind because as great as our grandparents were, there were times where things just didn't go the way that they would have if we would have been there. And so that little bit of control, that's hard to give up on. Yep. But it was worth fighting. Because we kept kept fighting for our marriage during it. Like that was part of the self-care, I guess. Yeah. And then, so, you know, come back to, you know, the pickleball deal to me, that was... That was huge. I just, it gave me an opportunity to escape and sweat, like sweat. And to keep a workout routine during all this was not possible for me because the schedule was always so bonkers. But just a a little endorphin release, uh, sweat. I mean, I even had uh, friends and family that would come to the hospital and we would pull tape on top of the parking garage and made a pickleball court. And Abram could watch you. Yeah. He didn't really care. But Yeah, he, he would go look and be like, oh, that's cool. And he'd go, eh. <laughs> But that way, I didn't, I didn't, you know, where we live was about 30, 35 minutes from the hospital, so I didn't have to go somewhere and do that. I yeah. was able to accomplish that right there. And I mean, it, it was no magic bullet. Like, I wasn't Mm-mm. all better after that, but just these helpful things of, you know, pouring into me where I would have something to pour back out of. The other one was your uh, dad. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Um, I about that. Which caught you off guard, but it, it, it was probably the biggest. Yeah, my dad was so, I mean, he's, he's always been my hero. And I, I don't know, th- there's a level of suffering he endured watching me as his son suffer, which I get that in that I was suffering watching my son suffer, at least around me and us completely put whatever he was dealing with in that aside just to take care of me. And so um, I think both our parents, like, I think they, they suffered a lot. And yet what we were given for the most part, like was, I'm not shortchanging my mom or your parents at all, but it was different for me specifically when my dad would hug me, Mm. like, cause normally you go in for a hug and whatever. And it's like, a half a second, a second. And Not with your family. And <laughs> long hugs. <laughs> but he would literally just not let me go. And almost, almost every time I'd just start crying. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to be held in his strength for that short period of time was, because it, it, as the dad, you're trying to hold it all together and on okay. your shoulders. And I was committed to doing that, but just to have those brief reprieves where I'm, I'm in his strength. And Someone's holding you. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that was so awesome. And I'm, I'll be forever grateful for that. Yeah. So, because a lot of times when my mom would come up for the hospital stuff, and I would always be like, Dad, can you come too? <laughs> and I needed to tell him that um, so he felt needed and cause he, you know, they've got a house. He was needed. He needed to hear that he was yeah, like, needed probably. Right. And cause I mean, they've got a house three hours away and stuff to take care of, but it was sometimes as the person in it, 
you do have to use your words and articulate mm. what you need. It's hard to do. It's really hard to do that, but it's needed. And the well, we got better at it as yeah. we went. We were really bad at the beginning. But as people are always offering, and finally we got we we yeah. got better at saying I need this. Yeah, if yeah. If you can't do that, that's okay. But this is what I need if you're offering. Yeah, yeah. Because in the beginning, I mean, I was so overwhelmed by how much people wanted to do stuff, and I. At least the way I'm wired, maybe less, like, you're better at that probably than I am, but the way I'm wired is very much like I am self-sufficient. Like, I don't want help from anyone. Like, I'm going to show that I can do this. And, like, there's a pride aspect there. And so your whole world's reoriented where it's just like, no, like, this is actually how the body of Christ is designed to be. Like, these people are offering help. And so learning to accept that. And I think we're both, even to this day, a lot better at that. Like, that's not as hard at saying what we need. Maybe yeah. a little... We've gotten a lot better at it. Yeah. So talk about even uh, Holloman coming to the hospital and be like, hey, you should shower and go for yeah. a walk. Like, talk, talk, talk to, like, that so blew my, your mind. So my self-care was different than yours. Like, we definitely had very different stories. So for me, I mean, it was very practical things. I mean, it was taking a shower. Like, Holloman's big thing. And it he annoyed the hell out of me, honestly. Like, because he was constantly, like, texting, like, hey, did you take a walk today? Like, he, his challenge for me was, like, getting out of that room. Because, you know, the last thing a mom wants to do at that moment totally. is, like, to leave her son. But there was moments where, and I, I wasn't even me listening to home. It was literally my husband making me. But, like, I remember that first week we were in the hospital before we ever had gone home. Like, the first time I left the room, just going downstairs and children's was being remodeled this time. But I'm, like, going to this little area that I wasn't supposed to be in. Funny story, literally got locked out, had to walk around. It was a whole disaster, was not supposed to end up where I did. But I got outside and just was able, it was the first time I put my earpods in. I don't think I had earpods in, but I had, you know, the old fashioned kind and I'm listening to music. And it was just this moment with me and the Lord of just, and it was the song Waymaker. And like, I just remember it was my first moment outside of the room with Abram, where I was like, literally just meeting with the Lord, but it was I had no intention of doing that. If someone would not have made me do that, there was no way I was going to leave my son. Sure. Like I, all I wanted to do was lay next to him and hold him, which is what I did most of the time. And that was great too. Like that wasn't bad, but I, I was so challenged in that, that that was a healthy thing. And it, and it was a healthy thing. I would love to say the story that I did that well all the time, but that is not true. Especially when I, I did it better when Jack could be at the hospital. Because it was a lot easier to leave Abram in Jack's care. It was really hard, especially when they went to sole caregiver. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that changed that was outside of my control that I was not very keen on leaving. And so I didn't do that well. And, and, the, and the truth, I think, of most of my story when Abram was at the hospital is I did not do self-care well. I think the best thing for me, at least, was date nights. That was something we talked about early. And I think that was something we both had in common. And it's something we tried hard to do. And it was easier for me to do that because Jack was safe in an escape. But like, I mean, showers for me are really hard. And I, I will tell you, even on the side of grief, they're hard. Like I go through when I'm, grief comes in waves. And so, and that's a whole nother podcast for a later time. But like, there's weeks where I do pretty well. And then there's weeks where I'm like, seeing my counselor, and I'm like, I think it's been like three or four days since I've taken a full shower. And that's a lot of information for some of y'all. But like, that really is like, that's sure. sometimes where I'm at. And sure. That was a lot of the hospital. And it's it started probably a little bit before that. I mean, if we're being completely honest, we had four kids in four years. So, I mean, it wasn't like I was acing life before that, but it took a hard <laughs> turn in the just basic things that 
I really would feel better. Like when I did a walk, when I did a shower, when I did these things for me and yet it was the last thing I wanted to do. Cause it was hard. It was hard. Like everything felt hard things that shouldn't feel hard. Yeah. And so for me, it was figuring out a lot of that. Yeah. And so thinking back to that point, I'm giving yourself permission to just as simple as it is, is this good? Then do it. If this yeah. is not good, don't do it. But that comes at the cost of relationships yep. that you've had for years. Could be family, could be all these other things that just they're they're hitting you in the face of like, this doesn't seem right. So then I feel I feel bad. I feel I'm like this isn't right. But at the same time I'm seeing my limitations. And I'm like, I just, I just can't do it. I can't, I can't proceed here. And so meeting with Greg was, he, it was like, I needed someone to give me permission. Totally. I remember that. To, to do those things and to fight for those things. Like, Hey, prioritize these things. If something else pops up, great, but go after those things and, and just keep it at that. And, but I really needed to hear that because I kept like I said, I was just disoriented, discombobulated of, well, maybe if I keep trying, maybe I'm not doing it right, but this has been good for so long and it just wasn't. And yeah, you're having to, yeah. you're having to start almost a new life yeah. and, yes. and, and the pressure is to maintain the previous life and it will never and it's be all that. happening as it happens. And so it's like, you, you don't even know what's going on yeah. kind of thing. And then before you know it, it's unsustainable and the reason is because you're you're you cannot live two lives you're having to literally shift into yeah. a whole new realm of reality as a family and as people survival yeah and right? there is there is aftermath of it like that i mean like there was repercussions mm. from those things that were hard but at the same time like you got there so much quicker than i did and i sometimes wish i would have gotten there quicker because it it really took me till he was like on hospice like to really be like like i just wanted to be at all during it. Like I wanted to be everything for Abram and I wanted to still do all my same life things. And then we have COVID in the mix. So it's like, it's, it's a messy thing. And I was exhausting myself trying to do things. And I mean, so much fell through the cracks, but at the same time, I think there's a freedom there and it shouldn't be this guilt and weight. And you got there a lot quicker. Yeah. Like and I, there was repercussions though. Like for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We, there's relationships. There's still now. Relationships that we Yeah, lost. I was going to say still now to where even like yeah. a couple of weeks ago we're talking and you're like, oh, is that like, I sh yeah, I don't have to carry it. Like you were yep. still carrying that guilt and shame. Yeah. We're like, oh, if that's really what happened, like, yeah, I don't have to carry that. Yes, like, exactly. Exactly. That. Yeah. Right. You don't even fully process it. Even now we're still processing totally. some of that. And totally. it is hard. Like I hate the damage sure. of so many aspects. I mean, there's family stuff, there's friend stuff, there's, I mean, relationships. Every single person that intimately walked with us was affected in good ways and bad ways. And I don't think that will ever change. And I don't have any belief that we've done things perfectly. And yet at the same time, just having this freedom to be okay, that we did the best we could with where we're at. Sure. And we're continuing to try to do that. Yep. And our best will never have been enough, but it's, it was our best and that's okay. Yeah. So. We're happy to apologize. Like, yeah, we we, <laughs> we wish we could do it better, but yeah. candidly, we just say, well, this is the best we have, and we're sorry if we hurt your feelings and didn't come through on some things. But we had to 
we had to pick our son, we had to pick our family, and yeah, our immediate was, like that was the end goal. There were consequences to that, and totally. But, you know, and but the 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 interesting part was the safe places surprised me because mm. not everybody was. But you had more of that to you than I did. I did. Uh, you it, were my safe place. I, I was willing to. You know, I had some friends that I'd known for years, but then occasionally I'd stumble across someone who really had suffered. Hmm. It didn't have to be cancer, but it could have been. And it's like it's like when you when you that still happens now. Yeah, it, it does. Because you can, if someone has really suffered, you can say so much with saying so few words. And, it's always better, which is I so think. helpful <laughs> uh, because, like, I can say just one sentence to Vince Dang. Yeah. And that communicates. They also lost their son to Yeah, cancer. Vince and Katie went through a similar thing as us. Just, they were huge. They were about a year and a half before. What us. I was thinking about right now, like Rob, like you meeting, like you yeah. came out of nowhere and you're like, oh man, yep. this well, is. That's, that's right. But we can, yeah. get, we can get to a place of authentic, no bullshit, just yeah. like this is, this is where we are yeah. candidly yeah. and not trying to pretty that up in any way. Because there's a pressure to do that. Well, we felt that. So part of cutting the fat of self-care was exhausting, trying to be prettied up, cleaned up, like pretty quickly that, like, I, I didn't want to hear, like, I'm praying for you, like, God's got a plan. Like, I just didn't want to hear any of that shit. And that's what it is. Come, not, come but not it. even that's not true. It is It is really hurtful, though, in those areas where the rug got pulled out for us to hear those things. And I, I will tell you right now, I believe God had a plan. Like, I, I, I genuinely believe that that statement in and of itself is not an untrue statement. But for me, it was so painful of like, it felt like an empty platitude, like an empty, I'm trying to make myself feel better by... And, and I say this with so much grace of like, there were people that, I think that's the quickest thing we realized is like, people could say that. And there were certain people that could say that, that I'm like, you're absolutely praying for me. I know you are, you are behind me, you are in my corner. And then there were there was this group that was like, I think you're just saying this because you don't know what else to say and you feel uncomfortable. And that's hard. And and I will, I I personally do not have a lot of like, that is not something I sit there and struggle with. Cause I, for me, I'm like, I appreciated that I was thought about but at the same time, I would just, in general, even if someone's listening to this that isn't necessarily walking through child cancer or someone's suffering, but like knows someone else that's suffering, like there's so much more to be said about just being with a person in the moment. And sometimes like, like I will tell you to this day, if I'm walking with someone, the first thing I say is like, hey, that really sucks. Like, mm. cause sometimes like the, that was the most comforting place for me mm. is someone just being like, hey, I'm here and this, this really sucks. Like, I think too much we drive to the happy ending where there, yes. that's not there. Like you need to sit in this sucks and that's the appropriate answer. And that's hard for our culture, it specifically. Is. American We're, Christian culture that is hard scary. to sit in. It's yeah. interesting, like, something that, and we've talked about this, this, this particular subject like a ton yeah. off this space kind of thing. And the thing that jumps out to me in this moment, which is different than all the other moments we've talked about this, is there's probably an expectation um, or a pressure that you guys probably felt by the culture, let's just say, uh, whatever it is kind of thing, to package this in a certain kind of way that gave other people hope, right? Because they're watching and they're weak 
and they're feeble and they're looking to fill their faith just like as much as anybody else's kind of thing. And to watch people talk about something a certain kind of way is like, oh man, look at that, you know? And the fact that maybe you guys weren't doing that or, or just, I, I, don't, I don't know, I'm just saying there's a pressure in all that to put this thing in a certain kind of way that it just simply wasn't, yeah. you know? And it's not that it couldn't be that way, but it wasn't that way. And so if it was that way, you guys would have talked about it like that. And there are stories like that. And we had moments. Well, it wasn't that I was, or that we were ever devoid of hope. Yeah. Our hope was in the Lord. And I never, and still not, I'm not punting on that. However, this is really bad, but God's going to do something like, well, I'm in just the throes of being scared to death that I'm going to lose my child. Uh, I'm not sleeping. Our schedule's bananas. Like... Like we're just in this crazy, I'm being asked to make decisions that I'm incapable of making, but I have to make them anyway. You're not supposed to have to make them. You're not. But, and so when, when we try and get to the, 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 the redemptive part of the story or the, before we're there, it's, it's really unloving. It's hurtful. Like to this day, if I hear kind of these cliche like I said, God's got a plan or he works all, th- I mean, that's scripture. He works all things out for his good, but like, like I, I it might not be the makes, right one in that moment. Fight. I want to hit you in the face. Yeah. Cause it's, it's not, it's said in the wrong context. Yes. Right. And so those things ought to be yes. said in certain moments of life and, and, and even biblically how they're written, like it's, Take yeah. it out of context. You're saying them inappropriately. It'd be like using a flagrant language mm-hmm. or something like that. It's like you you don't know what you're saying kind of thing. You need to not talk at all, you know? Yeah. The the best and safest places where where I just got to be or if or if there was someone who had suffered similarly that I could hang out in that space of just there was an understanding. And I, it, but that didn't look like us talking about every bit and piece of it. Presence. It, no. It was, it was a yeah. presence and just, God. yeah. Just like, you know, with, I remember sitting with Mike Jones in my front yard mm. and he's yeah. talking about his daughter's cancer battle. And I felt so privileged and so, it was so helpful for me to hear that. It was a daddy's perspective. It was a daddy's perspective. And I, he, a lot of the stuff he felt and went through, mm. I was feeling it, but I, I didn't have either words to articulate those things those things but I had those feelings and and it like again it didn't it wasn't like all better but it just helped my soul just kind of relax a little bit and like okay like here's a man I trust and love and he loves me and uh, we're in a similar place and that was comforting that it, it did offer comfort in those you're moments. not alone in that moment not alone someone's yes. with you someone yes. understands a sliver of what you're going through well, and, and what you're and that feeling gives is you normal. hope in some weird way yeah, yeah. Yeah, someone understands this. This is uh, this is not the first time someone's ever been here, like in in the course of humanity kind of thing. That does something to you in that moment. Yep. Yeah. 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 And so ministry of presence that was good presence, or you know, <laughs> those safe those safe people, so helpful for me. And again, just if someone was in that situation, I'm probably not sending them verses. Probably not. Those are. That's a hard space. 99% to, of the time, that was not good. There is a very small amount that I do think it was helpful, but it was so few and far between. And yeah. I felt the love of Christ way more through my brothers and sisters yeah. than I did being thrown any kind of text. Flesh that out. What do you mean? 
So if you send me a text message with yeah, yeah, yeah. a verse. I understand that part of it. But Like, so, I wouldn't read them. Yeah. Like, I don't know where you came, but, like, people would send me stuff, and I'd just see it was a Bible verse, and, and I'm I, like, and, which is, and I'm meeting with the Lord. Like, yeah. in this season, I actually was doing, I will completely candidly, doing a better time with the Lord each day. Like, when we're in the hospital, every morning I have my blueberry muffin, there's the only good thing from the cafeteria, my coffee, and I would sit and meet with the Lord while Abram was, like, kind of doing his rest iPad time in the morning. And I... I will tell you, they're one of my sweetest times with the Lord. Like, I'm not not meeting with the Lord at this point. But for me, for some reason, it had to be a certain— There were very few people where I'm like, I'm going to read this verse. Because I'm like, it It was such a— I don't know. Like, like when I met with the Lord, that's a very, like— It was a very meaningful, purposeful time where I'm seeking Him. And I and He showed up like crazy. Like, And it, it was very sweet. They're some of my favorite memories, which is crazy because it's in the hospital. My son's there. But yet I will still say when people just send that, I'm like, I just there's just this thing in me that got irritated. And I was like, I'm not reading it. Like, because I'm like, you're just trying to like put. And I just want to disclaim that that was not their heart. I think people are very genuinely trying to help and don't know what to do. And so there was no it wasn't even like a judgment towards them. It was just that where I was at, I knew my heart did not have space to feel like someone thinks they're going to this is going to make it a little bit better because that verse in itself was not necessarily going to make where I was at in that moment better. And if you put, so like, okay, so if you put somebody in our shoes in it, but outside of it or know it and like love you and want like, golly, I mean, there's, there's weight, there's love. There's like, God, how do we do this? How do we, and I love that you said that because there's like this, like, gosh, just if you're, if I, if I'm sitting around on a, and having that time by myself and pleading for Abram yeah. and pleading for y'all and, 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 and begging the Lord for stuff and like hoping for stuff that y'all are hoping for. And it's like, God, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'll send a Bible verse. Right. And it goes, <laughs> and it goes so like, I, dude, I even remember like, there's a little bit, there's like, even the first couple of times me driving down the hospital, uh, I don't cry a lot. I cried on the way down and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know. I'm like, fuck, like, I'm like, I'm like, where's the, where's the pastor at? Like, <laughs> like I, and the pastors are there. Like, I'm not trying to say where's the pastor. I like, no pastors, hey pastors. I'm just trying to say like. Like, I'm like, golly, like, I'm, what am I coming with? Like, what? A, and but it was your presence. You were right. there. And then for us to just sit for like 45 minutes on the, Palm's got great stories about that that encouraged me during all that and doing those things. But it's like, that, like those things are not a, like, for people to hear like, oh, gosh, I probably shouldn't send a, it's like a, yeah. it's like a weird thing. That yeah, because I like, don't want to discourage like totally. wanting to be there because presence was what was like, I mean, we talked about but this. But not on the everybody last, can be present. No. And I, we talked about this on the last thing when those girls all came in. Like, that was like the most, yes. I just remember being like from so many different walks from like, I mean, home group to my Monday girls that I used to meet with. I mean, it was just crazy because it was, but it was presence. That was what I needed. And it's what blew me from off. certain people. Yeah. Yes. For certain people. Certain and people. that's what blew me off guard as yeah. far as like, like with like us sitting on the back porch and whether it's Tuesday or, or Thursday nights and us laughing at Charles Barkley, which is how it started <laughs> with the NBA. It's like. We may, I mean, we've been friends for forever, longer than us, decade. Me yeah, and, me and Jack. <laughs> and so, like, oh my god, man, this is so hard for me. Like, I don't know how to love him. I don't know how to minister to him. I don't know how to care for him. I don't know how to. My heart's breaking too. But you like, showed up. Well, 
but then like he would here's the biggest thing i learned through all that is like there was there were some nights that we would just drink bourbon and <laughs> laugh at charles barkley and it was sweet and then there were some nights that like charles was saying the same funny stuff because chuck is chuck but then you didn't want to listen to chuck yeah. you wanted to talk and you wanted to say things and i didn't have to have answers and i didn't have to say anything but you did it. And then we did that for months. Yeah. And then it wasn't until we did that for months that you were like, hey, this is one of the things that like I've got to do. And I'm like, it blew me away because I was like, this is one of the things that I've got to do because I'm in it with you. It makes me feel like uh, and then all of a sudden it's like, God, I didn't even think I thought it was more for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like a it's like a man. I, I, you, it's not that I was doing so like to think like. I got to do something. Let me send. Let me send a verse. Let me send a. Let me send a. Which are good things, and I get where they're coming from, and they're, they don't mean evil. They don't mean, but like, it comes from. And they a place probably of, hit different people different. Specifically, where Jack and I were at, like, and I think that's a very fair disclaimer. Like, true. I think, but I think where we were at, it was not necessarily helpful for us. It's true. So. Yeah, I I needed somewhere I could just be, and I and and what we found out. And just for anybody listening that knows somebody in these circumstances, it's like you don't have to have the answers because I know that there are no answers. There's no yeah. answers. So don't try yep. to give me an answer that doesn't exist. Yes. Yep. And I think that's exactly what it is, though. Like that was even like like sometimes it felt like people were trying to make the verse the answer or like this. Sure. I'm like whatever these text things or whatever they were, but. There's not. There's no answer other than this just really sucks. I, yeah. I know the Lord loves me. Yes. He loves my son. And my son has cancer and he's dying. And those are not, th those are all true. Yeah. But they were really hard to figure out how those things could work together. And that was a whole different thing that we were on at the beginning of our journey of trying to figure out how are all these things true. Well, and in a lot of that too, what you're experiencing is that you're having to hold and embody those realities on a functional basis. Like that's your life, all those things being yep. true. And other people, literally, they, that cannot be true for them. Like they cannot accept those realities. It doesn't yeah. fit within their world. But for you, it doesn't matter at this point. But it is your world. Yeah, me before right? Abram, I lived there. Like I, I, I have done all these things that like, I've done all of that because I wanted mm. to be whatever, you know, like for those people. But it is different when you've gone through it. And the same reason you were saying, no. like, when we talk to people that have gone through deep grief, like, it is such a different conversation than what you can have with anyone that hasn't. I mean, it's, it's just different. Yeah. And I would just advocate for it's okay not to have the answer yeah. because there is no answer. And, and any time an answer was trying to be forced down our throat, that was where we really yeah. bucked and we cut you out. I mean, it's, it's how it went. You did more so than me, but I did. But <laughs> but but you I, okay? But you, I, you feel that so deeply on the other end because yeah. we know that like like we're like so. I mean, me and my family were in it. Oh yeah, with you. But then, like when y'all text us, like something from the hospital or some news that you have or something that's going on, like there's no way to respond. There's just not. Like yeah. I would. I would get I would get some information from y'all and be like, what what I don't what do you want me to do? Like what do you want me? I can't say anything. Like I've got to respond. I have to respond. This is this is a reality. Yeah. I have to respond. 
Because you texted me. And I can't just be like three days later, be like, oh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I have to respond. There is not a response. Yeah, there's not. But I think for me, and it probably was maybe different. Like, I even just let people like, I love you. Like, there's not a response. Like, I didn't need. No, this this that was hands down the best. It's like, hey, yeah. Either that sucks, or I love you, or really yeah, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Like yeah, I'm so sorry. You. Like yeah. there's not yeah. Those were the best texts for me because it was like I just need to share this with you, and I don't need a, I don't know, like, I mean, like yes, we absolutely wanted people to pray for us, and I, I I appreciated the like praying for you text, but like sure, it was helpful when they came with like a hey that really sucks or hey I love you like I hate that this happened today I hate that this is where you're at because that's just the reality like it and that that for me was that's all I needed like because I wouldn't. Just knowing we're seen, knowing yeah. that our story is not just. Yeah, you want to talk to people that are willing to, like, they have to be in it. And and if they're trying to take you out of it, it feels like the most, because you're like, no, why would I leave this? My son's in it. Right. We're not leaving this sure. kind of thing. So don't give me this or that or try to pull me out of it to yeah. some other sort of lofty kind of hope. Yeah. Like, we're in it. He's here. And let's just talk about this kind of thing. And so it is interesting, like any kind of language or hopes or talk or prayers that kind of try to take you out of the suffering is almost disingenuous and unloving in that moment, right? I would say it was helpful for me when I really struggle when people are like trying to say something along of like, well, I hope the Lord heals him or those things are hard. I'm like, like for me, it was like, I'm going to believe that Lord's going to do this until he says no. Like that was actually helpful. That was another weird thing where I I wasn't, it wasn't until like really towards the end, it's like, oh, I pray for comfort. Like things that were not necessarily about his healing. And I would get comments about that. That was really hard for me. Cause I'm like, we, I mean, we said it on one of our other episodes of just, we're going to believe the Lord can heal him until he calls him home. Like that was absolutely where we lived. And I think that is a very healthy place to live because I, I believe our God is so much bigger than any medical thing on this earth. And I, I, I do believe he could have healed Abram. I believe he could heal another kid tomorrow. Like I think that God is still active in how he heals. And so for me to hear stuff that felt almost like someone else had already accepted that we weren't going to fight, that was really hard too. So I think even just saying stuff like, I'm going to believe for this until the Lord doesn't. And that's another thing I like, I, I do use now, like when I'm talking to someone else that's in grief, cause I'm like, I'm going to believe the Lord's going to do this because I believe God, God still can. And that is a true statement of how I live and how I, what I really do believe. Yeah. And, and so when I would send those text messages, I didn't want an answer. Yeah. I just wanted you to be, I'm, I'm telling you I'm crushed Yep. and I need you to know that I'm crushed and I want you to be there with me. Yeah. Or be there for me, either, either one or both. So I'm, I wasn't ever looking for the answer. I just needed to communicate that my world has fallen apart, or I'm on the mountaintop. We got great news, yeah. and I need someone to celebrate with me. Or totally, and we wanted that. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're absolutely. like, hey, like we. Got, I mean, we celebrated, and I we said that last time, but I love that we did that. We would celebrate everything that we could along the way because that's amazing yeah. for your sanity. Like, yep. what else do you do? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's You hope. celebrate the wins. Yeah. yeah. So you should tell the story of Jason calling, like, you love that story of my self-care. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I love this pastor forever now because of this. This is but, a common now thing in our marriage. And he is, uh, he is a pastor. <laughs> yeah, this Jack tells me that often. Yeah. He's a pastor. But this was <laughs> months into what was going on, and Jason asked you, why are you, 
are you doing your walks? Are you, have you taken a shower? And you said, no. I'm a very honest person. I was not going to lie. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'll own my stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just not going to. I was very blatant with him. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So I didn't do it. it. And, I wasn't uh, feeling it. <laughs> he said as lovingly as you possibly can. He's like, mm. Ashley's sister, you are as stubborn as an old mule. And I'm like, <laughs> preach, brother. I'm married to this woman. Um, what'd you, could you say that? What'd you, what, what'd you exactly you say to her? Can you say it again? Uh, <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm being quiet, but I'm like, we're sitting Oh, you're like literally giddy. Like, like, you know, wipe my <laughs> hand and I'm like, yeah, tell her. Because, you know, I, as, Hey, I also married a very stubborn stubborn mule. Yeah. Like, let's just like, yeah. let's call it what right it now. is. We're talking about something yeah. else. But <laughs> just to, because like, I, not that I understood it probably to Jason's level, but I was. Oh, he saw it though. He was encouraging those self-care things. And, and I, I was like, nope. actually had a terribly difficult time doing them. And so I would encourage it, but it's just. It was different when Jack, it, it was, it's, yeah. That's I will a, say as a husband in that role, if someone's in there, like that was not. When it comes across I, as, I'm, I don't need you for this. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to fix you. That doesn't yeah, yeah, go yeah. too yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Which, hard to hear Did you go on a walk? Him. Did you shower today? That's, I think it's yeah. so fun that like as simple yeah, as yeah. they were is like your dad hugging you or you going to yeah, watching. That's uh, interesting. The NBA. Yeah. I forget what they, what do they call it? T uh. Yeah, whatever it is, or or like or like showering and going on a walk is like it <laughs> we immediately had very different things. <laughs> when you're talking about like, I went on a walk and I put some earphones in and like it was a, it's cool to listen. I mean, it's it's more than cool. It's so life giving to listen to those things and to fight for them and do them. And then when you do them, you're like, okay, well now my cup's empty, and so now I can go back in and it can be filled up. Because or however else you want to describe that, vice versa, right? It's like a cup full. It's cool. It's a it's a cool. Yeah. It's a it's a. You. I only say cup empty because you were like, oh my gosh, my cup would just get to where I couldn't do mm. anything else. Yeah, right? the other That's way. That's how you started started the whole conversation. And it's like, man, like to listen to those things and to fight for those things is was huge and is huge. I do think, like, I just want to touch on one thing specifically. Like, I think it was hard. And I love hearing you talk about the stuff with your dad because I think that's such a great example of you needing someone to carry it because I think you had to carry a lot more than in that time when I was doing it, realized because for me, I think the hardest thing that landed on you was that you were my safe place. Like ultimately, like I, yes, showers were good and stuff. Like you talk about self-care. For me, it was date nights. I mean, it was, and to the, I will tell you even on the side, like on this side of grief, having lost Abram, my number one thing, like I have deeply sweet, like relationships. I mean, y'all's wives, like great examples. But like at the end of the day, Jack for me is this place that's just safe. And so there is a weight that I don't think I ever even like processed during of like what that looked like for you to not have somewhere else to go when I'm leaning so heavily on you of, I mean, I just remember times when everything went bad and you just holding me. Like I remember the first time in March when we found out that that was the first time I think we had to sign a DNR and they weren't sure that he's going to do great and make it through it. Cause he was in so much pain after that one procedure. And, uh, they let you come to the hospital, which you hadn't been able to. And I just remember laying there and I actually have a picture of it, of him just on this crappy air mattress and he's just holding me. And I'm like, like I needed that. And yet, 
I think it's very different for a man and a woman and, and maybe not all relationships and maybe that's specifically ours, but you were very safe for me and still are. And yet you're still carrying this other weight that you really need. And I think that's why our self-care looked different because for me, it was very like practical down to earth things. And yet I think for you, it was like, you needed these places to go that wasn't expecting you to carry the world because your whole family was expecting you to carry the world. That's a great point. Did you feel that? Yeah, but I I couldn't have I probably couldn't have Never. said it. Yeah. Not then. Yeah. Too yeah. much. But I I knew it was instinctual. I knew yeah. I needed it, or else I just wasn't gonna make it. And, and I mean, one of the things I needed to do, like Ashley had no problem, like if she was worried or scared and or needed to cry, like she had no problem doing that with me. But I never did that with her. So those times I was I'd be like by myself, usually driving to the hospital. And that was between me and the Lord and I'm tears and I'm snot and I'm, and I had to do those things, but I, not that Ashley or the kids that I didn't feel safe in that, but it just, I I think it just as the man and as the leader of the home, I didn't feel comfortable doing that and going to that place unless I was by myself. I think both of us did a lot of crying and driving, which I don't advocate necessarily for. It's probably not the world's safest thing. I do a lot of that now. I know. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I did really a, do. I did a lot of crying and driving. Yeah. Just putting on a song or, yep. or queuing up some stuff that kind of takes you to that place and letting me be scared and tell the Lord, like, I'm scared and I need you and uh, don't take my son. Yeah. Um, let me let me fight, fight for him. You know, just all these, I'm, I'm pleading. And I needed to do that, but I, I, it was hard for me to engage in that, you know, when we're in a, the bigger family context. 